this morning, what I want to do is just talking to Pastor Josh yesterday and stuff, just thinking about this message and it's, uh, you know, spiritual family is not a special event. And, you know, it's like, and the name of our series, Stop Going to Church. That's a crazy thing for a preacher to say, right? You've never heard of it. Stop going to church. But here, here's what I, I want to get at. Pastor Josh was telling me a story how I went to Walmart a while back. And, and as he was Walmart, a guy would go, hey, Pastor Josh. And in the Jenny's church, it's grown so much, we don't know everybody anymore like we used to. And he just goes, hey, like he knew the guy. And he really didn't know. He goes, I didn't know him from anybody. But he goes, hey, Pastor Josh, right in the middle. And, uh, and he goes, man, it's so awesome to see you. And Pastor Josh goes, hey, it's awesome to see you too. And, uh, you know, they began to talk, and he said, Pastor Josh, I mean, you know, I just, can I, can I get you, can I just tell you, I'm, a, I'm having some really issues with my living girlfriend, and my, my grandmother just got cancer, and my finances are all jacked up. I've been battling my finances, and Pastor Josh goes, I realized it wasn't just a, it wasn't, I just need to have a light prayer. We need to have a conversation. And... Um, before, before he could pray, he said, man, let me ask you a couple of things. He said, I mean, are you, how long have you been coming to our Savior's church? He goes, oh, two years. He goes, really? He goes, I, Pastor Bubba, I don't remember ever seeing him. He may come every, every couple of months and stuff, but he, I just don't see him. I don't remember who he was. And he said, do you go to a life group? He goes, no. Have you ever been part of the, the dream team, get connected with people in the dream team? He goes, no. And he goes, well, when's the last time you went to church? He goes, well, Pastor Josh, uh, Sundays is my only day off, and I, sometimes I just sleep in on Sundays. And, uh, but, you know, how many times, and I think about that, and, and he said, walked away, and he thought, I just should have told the guy, don't even bother coming to church, you know, because sometimes people know you, you, you know what I mean, but they're not, getting involved and say, I believe this church is not a place to go to. It's a spiritual family you belong to. And you need spiritual family. We all do. I mean, I, I literally have people that have been in my pastor. Jacob Renz has been my pastor for 41 years. That's a long time. All right. And uh, does that mean I've always agreed with him after 41 years? Look at me. No. When have you agreed with your, how, how many of you married? How many of you always agreed with your mate? All right, so don't go there. And, and, but he's my pastor. He speaks in my life, speaks in my marriage, helps me sometimes when I need counsel or advice or correction or direction in my life. He doesn't tell me what to do, but he's someone there to bring encouragement. Come on. We all need people to pour courage into our lives and encouragement. All right, well, and so, you know, and it's like God's highest calling is for you as a follower of Christ was never to go to church. It's, it's so much more than that. And see, if you're looking for a theme verse, here's a theme verse that I'm going to talk to you about this morning. It's in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 25. And it just says, discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of com compassion, doing beautiful works as, an exp as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. So what words, I'm going to show you some pictures, and I want you to think, what words come to your mind when you see that picture? 
Some people discount. I don't want to go there. I've been there three times this week. I mean, I don't know. Okay, let's show the next one. It's a dentist. Okay? So the next picture of the dentist. What about this one? Come on, guys. Somebody go Tigers. You know what I mean? You know? What about this one? See, whatever comes to your mind, and let me just say, whatever you experience... Uh, is how you're going to, whatever you think, whatever word comes to your mind, how you're, is how you're going to experience church. You see, the Greek word for church is called esklesia, which means gathering, assembly, and called, it's, it means the, the called ones. And see, I believe, in other words, we gather together not to go to church, but to be the church. Okay? And so in this series, we're going to talk about four ways God views his church. So the f- church uh, as special events versus church uh, as a spiritual family. And so, you know, when, when you saw that, that LSU stadium, you thought, oh, yeah, go. You know, first time we think maybe Coach O, go Tigers. You know, I don't know. Or, or you go championship. When I look at church, I go victory, life, family, people, you know. And see, Number one, the first thing I want you to see, you go to a special event. You just go. You pay to go to the LSU game. You hope you can get tickets. You know, you pay. You see, but you connect to spiritual family. What do you mean by that? If you view church as an event, church becomes a task of your checkoff list. Oh, uh, Walmart, school, groceries, church, you check it off. You see, Ephesians says it like this. Here, listen with Ephesians. You are members of God's family. He says, together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. You know, started. I was sent out of our church in Broussard, Louisiana, and started our church in Jennings in 2000. And... We just, we just had a, a vision to reach people, build lives. And as we did, we started growing. And then in 2007, we felt like it was time to start another campus. And that's when we came to Eunice and we started the campus there. I was going back and forth and I just couldn't do that anymore. And I said, we need to raise up. We need to have a pastor. And Pastor Jamie was a children's pastor. And long story short, now he's your pastor. When he was with me, he had hair. When he came here, he was follically challenged. But anyway, just he gave it all up. They just left anyway. And uh, but I just mess with it. And together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And the cornerstone is Jesus, is Christ Jesus Himself. So for twenty years, you know, over twenty years, we've been we've been building family, spiritual family. Now we started in, in Crowley in two thousand fifteen. And just see what God's doing. And now together, when we do get together, when there's no COVID, there's 1,500 plus people between all three campuses. That's God. Now listen, going there with my family, believing that God would raise up a spiritual family. And guess what? If we wouldn't have gone, if Jamie wouldn't have come, if JJ wouldn't have gone, I mean, you know, Pastor Josh wouldn't have come. Think about it. I mean, we wouldn't, be, we wouldn't have what we call our Savior's church. But God builds his church. I've learned this. Listen to me. The message never changes, but the methods in which you get the message out does change sometimes. And through this, we've had to do, you know, internet, 
Facebook, uh, uh, YouTube, all these other things that we're on now. And so the, the thing is to get the message out. And so, you know, the thing that I want you to see is if you're looking for spiritual family, let me just say this. Welcome home. You see, Psalm says it like this. Psalm 68, 6 is God places the lonely in families. You know, I've been in, the, uh, in Northern California. I mean, yeah, Northern California and Southern Oregon. And they have an area where the, the redwoods grow. Only, that's the only place in all the earth. Of the red. They're the tallest living things in the world. The redwood trees. And I've had the privilege of going there at night and waking up the next morning and there's the trees. Not seeing them clearly, but waking up the next morning and just being blown away. And they, they can grow up to, think about this, 30 stories high. 30 stories high. Okay? And not only does it grow 30 stories high, but guess what? You know, how do they survive? Well, the cool thing is if you look, if you learn anything about it, you can go read it up on, you can Google, whatever, and check me out. That's one thing you got to do. You got to make sure what you're saying nowadays. People go back and Google you. And here's the thing. Those trees stand that tall, but they also have root systems that go out 100 feet. And what they do is they intermingle the roots with the other trees. So they're not standing alone. They're together. And what a lesson for us as a church. This is also the power of spiritual family. Can I, can I tell you something? We need each other. Come on. We need each other. It's, it's not Jesus and me. It's Jesus and we. He knows that we is better than me. You see, this week we're probably going to face, how many know that we might face some opposition this week? You may face some struggle. You may have a setback. The devil doesn't mind if you just go to church. He wants you disconnected from family. So because when you're isolated, you're vulnerable. Come on. We're all vulnerable. Listen, if you got a 30-story tree and it's by itself, Guess what? When the wind happens, it's down. And so you need people in your life to support you. Well, Pastor Bubba, I got enough fellows in my ship. I don't need more fellowship. No, you might need some people in your ship. Well, Pastor Bubba, I don't know. I just don't know about this. I believe this is that it's Jesus and we. You can live alone, but you can't thrive alone. Can I say that again? You can live alone, but you can't, you don't thrive alone. You see, Proverbs 7, 17, 17, 17 says, A friend is always loyal, and a brother is born to help in time of need. Another version says, Better are the wounds of a friend rather than the kisses of an enemy. I would rather someone that loves me tells me the truth about myself, even if it hurts. Hello? I mean, I was getting ready this morning, because guess what? I found out I had to preach yesterday. To come for, instead of having my time, my normal time, to kind of, kind of let it, kind of like percolate in my body, you know, coffee percolate, you kind of just think about it, go through it. And, and it's like, and I was sitting there getting ready this morning, and my wife just encouraged me. She goes, hey, you look nice this morning. I go, come on. It makes me feel good. You know, I mean, see, I like that shirt. I like, thank you, babe. I appreciate it. Thank you. That's all you have to say. And see, the thing is, is for, for some people, some of you, your marriage is in trouble. Some of you have sexual issues in your marriage. Debt. You're, you're not talking to anybody or to each other. 
Here's the thing. You have brought you bought into a lie that if you need if you need people, it's a sign of weakness. Come on. I've learned this. We confess our sins. We confess our sins to God for forgiveness. We confess our sins to our friends for healing. I need people in my life. You know what? Let's do a test. How many have ever blown it? At least once. For some of you, if you didn't raise your hand, you're a liar. Anyway, we just we've all blown it. We all messed up. But aren't you glad that there was somebody along the way sometimes when you felt like, hey, I messed up, that, that someone can come along the way and just tell you something, encourage you, say you're going to be all right, you're going to make it. You know, on the, on the way here, I said on the first service, I drove by a spot where I remember something I did, I made a decision, it wasn't pleasing to God years ago. And I thought, I remember that spot, but thank God I had people in my life that God helped me through that, that decision that I made. Hello? And guess what? We all have markers in our lives where we've all made decisions that weren't pleasing to God. I'm in the right place. But yet, we can also have those, those markers where, thank you, God, that I'm not where I used to be. And there's people that came along the way and lifted me up and picked me up and helped me along the way and encouraged me. Come on. You see, you, some of you, some of us, you know, you need a group of, of spiritual, you need a spiritual family that, who really know you. How many of you have children? And if you have children, guess what you can do? You look them in the eye and you go, hey, what have you been doing? Nothing. Come on. Don't lie to me. Look at me. The Bible says the eyes are the window of the soul. Sometimes you can see happiness. Sometimes you can see guilt. Sometimes you see shame. Some, it's whatever. Come on. I've had my children come in. I go, hey, what were you doing? And they're holding stuff behind. What? And it's like, the thing is, is that we need people that truly love us. Let me just say, to be fully loved, you have to be fully known. To be fully loved, you have to be fully known. What does that mean? I don't just need a friend to hang out with me. I need a spiritual family who can help me. I need people that really know me. I want to be fully known because I want to be fully loved. You know, the second point is this. A special event can get you get information. So if you go to an LSU game, you can get, uh, what do they call a, a program. Thank you. I couldn't think of it. You can buy a program. And the program tells you about the, the history of LSU, tells you about some of the players. You can look at what the, where they came from, where they were. It gives you information, just like Alexa. Alexa can give you information, but it doesn't know you. You see, in a spiritual family, you don't just get information. You, you experience transformation when you give your life to Jesus. There's a transformation. I know people, I know there's a lot of people that have information, but they haven't had the transformation. There's a lot of people that know about the Bible. I, I've, listen, I've done detention homes. I've done prisons. I've gone places, uh, homes that help people, their drug addictions or alcohol. And they know, they know the Bible. But what they're lacking many times is a transformation of the heart. 
a transformation of the life that one time this person lived and no longer do they live there, but that person is dead. I remember going to New Orleans working in the Fisher Projects one time, and there was a guy that was like drunk out of his mind, had a Gideon, I like to call him switchblade, you know, just a little switchblade Bible, you know, the little Gideon's about this size, and he's, he has a cigar and he's drunk, and he's preaching <laughs> to people. And I go, that is not a good picture. Why? Because he knew the Bible, but he didn't have a transformation. See, Alexa, I can say, Alexa, set the timer to three minutes, and they'll do. And at the end of three, your time is up. Baba. Alexa, what's the date? It's August 9th, 2020. Alexa is always there. And she's always ready and listening. And sometimes she listens to too much. But can I tell you, we need wisdom, not just information. You see, don't let easy answers from Alexa replace your need for people in your life. Seek them, listen to them, learn from their wisdom. We need presence, not just answers. You know, I've been serving the Lord for 41 years now. That's a long time, okay? And I didn't do anything consistently before I knew the Lord for 41 minutes. You know what I mean? And when God brought that change in my life, I, know that I knew that I needed people in my life. Because guess what? When you start your walk with God, it's like, it's like dealing with a baby. Babies don't know what to do. They know when they feel that hunger pain, they cry. That's like means I need attention over here. That's the only way. And guess what? Sometimes when you first become a Christian, guess what? You don't know what you kind of know what you need to do, but how many, how many you know that you need to learn? And it's good to have people there to spoon feed you sometimes. To help you along, to encourage you. You're going to help you learn to walk. Help you get excited about when you make good decisions and go, wow. And then the first words that come out of your mouth when you share with someone or that first experience you tell someone about your walk with Jesus and how he's changed your life and how he can change your life. You get excited with them. Or how about when they kind of like blew it and they go, and you go, that's okay. You give scriptures like, hey, the righteous man may fall, but he rises again. I mean, you know, I mean, just, just those things that encourage people. We need that in our lives. And that's what spiritual family does. We need presence, not just answers. We need pursuit, not just availability. Alexa will never notice if you miss church for four weeks. She will never notice when you walk out of a life group that God did something. As you're walking out, there's tears in your eyes. Because God's doing something. Whereas a person can go, hey man, what's going on? Man, I'm just, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for God, what he's done. How many of you have had moments in your life where God just did something and people, someone looked at you and go, hey, what's happened? What's going on? You just don't understand what, what, what God's doing in me right now. He's doing something in me. We need that. Presence allows pursuit. See, when you're one another's lives, we notice that something's missing, hurting, or there's a need. When you 
Allow yourself to do that. Because I've learned this. Some people have, you can, it's kind of like, like a house. Some people have a welcome mat in front of their life. And others have, do not enter. Or no trespassing. Have whatever the attitude is. How many of you ever looked at someone and some people have a yes face and some people have no faces? It's hard to tell with masks nowadays, but you can see with their eyes. See, Matthew, the Great Commission says, says this, therefore, what's therefore? It's therefore for you to find out what is therefore. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. You see, it's easy to come to church and get a good word. And we have some amazing pastors and preachers in our, in our, 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 our family of churches. You can read a book. You can listen to a podcast. You can watch a sermon and get great information. You don't become more like Jesus by the Bible you know, but by the Bible you live. Hello? It's not how much you know in the Bible. It's how much you live in the Bible. How, what do you mean? Jesus said it like this. Well, one of the prophets told uh, Samuel when he was trying, he said, God would rather your obedience rather than your sacrifice. We're always, well, I'll do this. I'll do that. We want to sacrifice. God goes, no, 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 I don't need that. I want your obedience. And when my kids obey, can I just say them? They get rewarded. They just do. Or and sometimes it's by a word of encouragement. Man, that was thank you for being not obnoxious today. Thank you for thanks for doing that for me when I asked you. Thanks for not giving me a face, but just going and doing it. I appreciate that. You know what that does to me. You see, this is why life groups are the lifeblood of our church. Jesus saved my soul, but the church saved my life. Are you hearing me? I, I needed people in my life. The third thing is that a special event being together is optional. You don't have to go there. It's optional. And a spiritual family being together should be a priority. It's a priority. Hebrews says it in verse 25, 10. It says, this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. See, here, here's what it is. If I have time versus I make time. I've learned this. I know that we have people, we have single moms in our churches that make it a priority for their kids to be there. They don't care. They don't care what excuse. They're going to be there. I know people. I know that I can count. They're, they're there. They're just there. And not, they're not just there sitting on their blessed assurance. They're there to go, hey, whatever needs to happen, whatever I can do to be a part of, what, this is not, it's all of a sudden you kind of like have ownership of it. You know when I still come here, like can I just make a confession? I'm, it's gonna be, when I come here, I still pick up trash. I just do. If I see something out of order, I'll go, I'll pick it up. Is that my job? No, but I have ownership. There's value. 
When I go to Jenny's, we have a lot of property. And so when I'm over there, I'm picking up. I've even been in the ditch before church, picking up trash in the ditch because I don't want someone driving up into the church and seeing trash in the ditch because that's not, I don't want to reflect. We trash the church. Aren't you glad for a clean place, a safe place? I went and walked in the children's building. I was loving it. They put the banners up. They put the signage. It's just like y'all had the grand opening last week. I, sh- I wish I would have been here, but I was on my way to vacation. So God bless you. I was thinking about you. But I, I walked in there and I go, this is what I did. Wow. This First thing I did, this is nice. And the second thought, it's all paid for. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. And when I went in there, there was, the tables were full of kids. I was like, dang, the kids are excited. Everything else in life is prioritized sometimes over church. It's God's, it's God's church. If God's church is not a part of our lives, it's not a part of my life. It is my life. If you allow the church in your life Monday through Sunday, it'll go a lot better for you. I mean, Monday through Saturday, it'll go a lot better for you on Sunday. You see, it's because we do Monday through Saturday alone, and then we're so exhausted emotionally, we come Sunday, we decide whether we should go or not. That's why you need to have spiritual family and make it a priority so you can go through Sunday to Sunday. And it's with you. The fourth and final thing. Are y'all with me? Okay. At a special event, it's always about what I can get. What can I get? See, the last LSU game I took my daughter to. We sat on, Someone gave me some. I had the nicest seats I ever had on the 50-yard line. I could see the help. I mean, everything was clear on the field. I mean, I was down below the lower deck. I usually up on the bleeding section going, where's my binocular? Anyway, the first time I ever realized I needed glasses was that LSU game. They were so far away. Anyway, and we were at the 50-yard line, and my daughter's like, she's thinking, she's not thinking about it. She's just sitting with me. She goes, I can get snacks here. You know, I can get treats. I can get, I'm with my dad. But I can get these things. Come on. And what are those? Dippin', they have a little Dippin' Dots place. I love Dippin' Dots. I don't know if y'all know what. It's a little ice cream balls. She wants Dippin' Dots. She wants frozen uh, lemonade. She wants, I, I mean, I gave her $100. That's all I got to say when I turned the game. I go, hey, don't ask for him for another dime. And she told me, she goes, yeah, but you held on to it. You didn't give me all the rest of the money. Don't worry about it. I was your manager, too. See, in spiritual family, it's all about what I can give. My responsibility, what can I give my children? What can I give my family? What can I? See, living in the McCann house has perks. It just does. We have a, we have a nice house. It's a, House is 65 years old, but it's a big house. It's nice. If we all decided there's four of us living there now, it's just Luke, Livy, and Tracy and I. At one time, there was eight of us living there. We've cut it in half. And uh, most of my children are off the payroll now. And, uh, you know, it's kind of nice. But if we all decided we want to take a shower at one time, we can do that in my house. we got enough bathrooms. If, if, if we're going to go in the backyard, we have a nice place. It's, there's a, I have an outdoor kitchen with, with shade. 
when you can go out there and just have a good time. We have a trampoline in the backyard. We've always had trampolines. And I didn't want to get the last trampoline, but my wife goes, we've always had trampolines. Now we have grandkids, so I have to provide trampolines for the grandkids. Then she wanted to put the safety nets on. And I go, baby, we're past the safety. No, we have grandkids now. I said, but every time we put the stupid safety nets on, they end up breaking, something happens, and I go in the backyard, there's no safety net or anything. It's exactly what I said would happen, but I had to do that. In the, in, in the McCann house, there are perks. There's, everybody has their own bed. Everybody, you know, has snacks. There's the internet. We have a couple of those things, uh, Hulu or Hula, what is that called? Thank you. And, and Netflix. They can go watch movies and they can watch those things. And there's, there's just, there's just, there's perks. There's games. There's shotguns in my house. There's fishing poles. You know what I mean? We all use those things together. And so it's, we have places to go. We went on vacation just this past week, and I said, hey, McCann House, we're moving to Orange Beach for a week. And I go, here's $100, Livy. Here's $100, Luke. Don't ask me for another. Whatever you want to get, whatever. It's not like coming back at you 15 times. Hello. You manage that. Here it is. I actually gave it to him, okay? So my children enjoy the benefits of being in the family, but sometimes they want to avoid the responsibility of being in the family. Come on. It got real quiet on me on that one. I didn't hear any amens on that. And see, my children enjoy, this isn't just my house, it's our house. Hello? This is our house. You know, if the church is a special event we attend, we try to deflect our responsibilities. See, the scripture says in Acts, Acts 2, uh, uh, verse 44 through 47. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together in the temple each day. Met in house, homes uh, in, in the Lord, uh, for the Lord's Supper. And shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. In Acts 2, you're, uh, they're constantly sharing what they had with each other. Let me just say, that's how communism became what it is. Because communism says what is mine is yours and what is yours is mine. And they say this, I'll put a new suit I'll give me your old suit, and I'll, put in, I'll give you a new suit. But see what Christianity says, I'll take, he said, what I'll do is I will put, make a new man in that old suit, and he becomes a new man or a new woman in that suit. Are you hearing me? That's what the gospel does, and we should share. And when there are things that happen in catastrophes and things like that, I don't, I don't care where, wherever it is, it was a hurricane, tornado, you know who the most prevalent people that are there are the people from church. Are helping other people. Government couldn't do what they do without church. I'm just telling you. And see, the Acts 2, we're constantly sharing with it. The benefits of a family also come with responsibilities. We have what others need and others have what we need. Are you hearing me? We contribute our talents, our treasure, and our time. My greatest commodity is to give, give you my time, my talents, my treasure. I'm at, one of my giftings that God's given me, I'm an encourager. I'm an exhorter. I encourage people. 
You know, it's kind of like the uh, the lion and uh, the wizard of I need courage. You know, I'm here to come to try to, to pour a little courage into you. You know, for you to walk with Jesus. And so for whatever, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, you need to see the power of spiritual family. Let me ask you a question. How many of you are blessed to have great pastors like Pastor Jamie and Pastor Cheryl? Are you blessed? Are they great godly people? Yes, they are. They are. I've had the responsibility and the privilege to pastor them for 21 years. And they're awesome. You know, and see the benefit and and when I when I see them and I I think about them and how God connected us. God, I started just hanging out with Jamie, started just trying to pursue me and Tracy. And and, and then God spoke to him. He said, Bubba, he said, "Uh, Jamie, go ask Bubba whatever he needs. You're there to help him. And that's how he came. He sold this house in Franklin, moved to Jennings, had to get a job. Worked. He was a children's pastor, not even getting paid. Volunteered. And all the kids that have grown up for 21 years ago remember Pastor Jamie when he had hair. And we don't know what y'all did here in Eunice, but he left all, his hair all left here. Anyway, I'm just playing. And, but can I tell you something? Their hearts are in the right place. See, Hebrews 10, 24 says, Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion. Doing beautiful works is expressions of love. In other words, wake up and your goal is just, your goal isn't just to make it through the day. It shouldn't be. What if everybody woke up and said, what can I do to encourage and to motivate others to live like Jesus? You know, when I had cancer and I had to go through chemo, radiation, getting um, all different kinds of things. Every day I would go, before I'd go, go, God, this is my mission field. I have a new mission field. They're nurses, they're technicians, they're people. And you know, the last time I went, they cleaned out my port about a month ago, didn't have to do any, anything else, and they were just, man, we miss you. And I go, I don't miss you. Now, I do miss you, but I don't miss you, if you know what I get getting at and it was a while back pastor josh was facetiming me and there were i was talking to the nurses and everything and someone wanted to talk to me on facetime and go hey you have to hold on pastor bubba's doing his ministry on his mission field because the nurses go pastor Bubba, we miss you and you bring so much encouragement so much light and there, there are people there that that don't know the lord and there's patients there that i've prayed for if they ask for it or not and you know what? I just look back at my life. I mean, you've heard me say this. I'll just say it again. There was a lot of times in my life before I knew the Lord, I was, my head was filled with dope. Now I give people hope. So I went from dope to hope so you can cope. Okay? And that's, that, if that's my ministry, come on, that Whatever. And, you know, the nurse, we miss you, man. We, we just, we look so forward that when you come, you always encourage us. You always have, see, the church of Jesus, the church is Jesus' bride. Tracy and I used to have a tender relationship. What does that mean, Pastor Bob? That means when I used to date her, I would pick her up, take her on a date, and I would drop her off. We were just had a tender relationship. 
I never told her I loved her until I asked her to marry me. I just didn't want to, I, I didn't want to play the games. People love ice cream. People love dogs. People love cats. Not me, but I'm just saying, you know, and I didn't want it to make it cheap. I wanted my, my when I said it, I meant, they meant weight, meant responsibility. That was just me because I know where I come from. Then I got married, and we transitioned to member relationship. Hello. We had, there's benefits, but there's also responsibilities. You know, she should feel safe, secure, and she can have success. I should provide that for her. Hello. The way I live my life, the decisions I make, how I should be as a husband, as a father. And see, you... You will get the best out of your relationship when you commit to it. Hello. You got to be committed. I was with my wife yesterday in Walmart. We were doing things, and she was picking out meats and stuff. And she goes, what do you think? I said, hey, you're the best. You're smarter than me. And the lady at Walmart, she goes, Psh. she goes, if all men would do that, it would be a lot of happy marriages. I'm not saying she's always smarter than me. Let me just reflect. But for those kind of decisions, I'm not going to fight her in Walmart. Okay? You will get the best out of your relationship when you commit to it. You commit to Jesus, you'll get everything. You commit to spiritual family. It's a commitment. It's a commitment to God first, to walk with him. Then it's a commitment to walk with spiritual family. Does that mean you always agree? Look at me. Do you always agree with your mate? Come on. That doesn't, mean, that, that, that doesn't mean that it's bad. That just means that somewhere along the line, you've got to figure something out. The only way compromise should be spoken of is in marriage. Look, just because I think I have a better idea doesn't mean my idea is always the best. And guess what I've had to do sometimes? I've had to humble. Let me just say this. I've had to apologize in front of my wife and my children. Not because I wanted to, but because God told me. Hello. See, I've learned this. You've got to commit to being a, being a son and a daughter in God's family. You've got to commit to being a brother and a sister in God's family. You've got to commit to be a father and a mother in God's family. Whatever it is. Whatever stage. Listen, it's never the age. It's always the stage you're in. I know people that are teenagers that are more mature than people that are in their 40s. I have one of my sons. He's 17. And I had a guy come to me. He said, the one thing I love about your son, he's, he's like he's got an old soul. I go, what are you? And he goes, he's just smart. He's wise. You don't see the wisdom of of, of a 17-year-old like that very often. Hello? I pastored people that are in their 50s and 60s or more wild than some kids are in their teenagers. I'm serious. I've had some marriages that are, that are phenomenal. Then I've had other marriages that go, Lord Jesus, we need help. Not only do they need help, I need help to help them get out of this mess. I just got to go be a brother. I got to be a daddy. I got to be a pastor. Hello. Whatever the circumstances, what you have to be. 
And as a spiritual family, listen, if we're going to grow this church, even during COVID, we can grow. Don't, don't, don't. The message stays the same. The methods, how we get it out can change. It has always been that way throughout the history of the church. But guess what? You're going to have people that just know, come to know the Lord that, that get saved and come to this church. Will you be a brother and sister to them? That means will you be an encourager? Will they mess up? Yeah, they may mess up. But you love them. You help them. You encourage them. You speak words of encouragement. You, you kind of tap them on the shoulder. Be careful. Don't, you know, I'm COVID. We, and if you have a sunburn, don't tap me this morning. I have a sunburn. Don't tap me. All right? If I just go, Ooh, it wasn't because you had power. It's because I had sunburn. <laughs> Whatever the stage. That's who we are, spiritual family. It's reaching people and building lives. And this is not an event. Just like Pastor Josh wanted to tell that guy, you know, you have all these issues, but why do you even go to church? Why? I used to was made to go to church. And when I was made to go to church, guess what? I was bored out of my mind. How do you know? Look, you want to talk about church? My mother was Methodist. My dad was Baptist. His mama was Jehovah Witness. My mama's mom was charismatic. My mama left my dad and he married another, she married another man. And he was Catholic. I didn't need religion. I didn't have my state of confusion. And people go, oh, that's why you're non-denominational. No, we just want to be Jesus. Because I can show you religion, but religion won't change you. But a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, will change you. Amen? That's what changes us. Let's pray. Let's bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you heard this morning, said, Pastor Baba, I know that I need to be a part of a spiritual family. I, I'm really not where I need to be with the Lord, and I don't want to walk out of here the same. I just need to give my life to Jesus fresh in you this morning. No one looking around, every eye closed and head bowed. If that's you, just say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm not going to embarrass you. Just raise your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? That's me. I want to give my heart fresh and new to Jesus. Thank you. You can put it down. Anyone else? Thank you. You can put it down. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay, look at me. Look at me. It's okay. Look at me. Let's pray together. All together. Can we do this? Say, Lord Jesus, I come today. You know where I'm at. I ask you to forgive me for my sins, for decisions that I've made that were not pleasing to you. Forgive me. And I believe in faith that you would forgive me that you would help me to be what you want me to be. Help me to see the importance of spiritual family in my life. Let me pray. Father, I pray that for every person here. They would see the importance of spiritual family, what they need. God, what you're speaking. Pray that people would not isolate themselves because that's, that's the perfect place where you bring discouragement. You bring uh, places where people feel they can't make it. But Lord, I'm here to encourage people this morning in you, Jesus, that when we look to you and we find people next to us, 
that you will help us. You will encourage us. And so, Father, come this morning, Holy Spirit. Have your way upon every person and all that you want to do and all that you want to speak. Lord, have your way. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way. In Jesus' mighty name, if you believe that, say amen.